In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis, as well as the Bitcoin price prediction to $1 million per coin. That's right. Also, BlackRock, a Bitcoin ETF, reaches top 0.2% of all the ETFs so far this year. It's crazy how much Bitcoin they've been accumulating as of late. Also, as Plan B points out, 90% of all Bitcoin is in profit, the highest level since October's 2021, all-time high of 69,000. So shout out to my long-term hodlers. Also, breaking news, MicroStrategy just released their fourth quarter 2023 earnings report, announced they bought 37 million worth of Bitcoin, bringing their holdings to 190,000 BTC. That's right. So Michael Saylor's company now owns 0.9% of the total Bitcoin supply. And considering the fact there's roughly 6 million Bitcoin, which are mostly lost forever, they actually now own 1.26% of the total Bitcoin supply. Also in today's show, Beijing targets cryptocurrency mining operations and a new energy conservation plan. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin may be a few days away from igniting a pre-having rally, according to top analysts. I'll be sharing his outlook, considering we do have a Bitcoin halving scheduled to take place in roughly 70 days. We'll also be discussing hedge fund veteran Anthony Scaramucci says Bitcoin will rocket to $170,000 after the halving and even shares a $400,000 price target. I'll be discussing his timeline and when. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And with that being shared, welcome to the uh, welcome to today's pod. Uh, this is pod episode number fifteen hundred and forty-four. I'm your host JV, and today is February seventh. 2024. Let's kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. We got Bitcoin pulled back some uh, today, down a half a percent, but maintaining above 43,100 at the time of the recording. And 43 has been holding strong for the past week. We have Ether uh, back in the green, trading just under 2,400, along with BNB and Solana back in the green. Now we have XRP pretty much dead even, trading at 50 cents, and Cardano in the red down roughly 3%. One of the biggest losers the other day was XMR Monero. It was down 30 plus percent, and I heard they were delisting it from Binance, and that's probably why it was tanking. Today, it's back in the green, though, so we'll see how that plays out. As you know, Monero, one of the top privacy coins, if not the top, I think the others are like Zcash, and uh, what's the other one? You guys let me know in the chat, but I remember there are uh, a few others out there as well. Now, checking out coinmarketcap.com. We're sitting at a $1.66 trillion market cap with $42.5 billion in volume for the past 24 hours. Oh, the other privacy coin that was on my mind, and I couldn't think of the name, Dash. Dash was, I remember a couple of cycles ago, like Dash was killing it, but privacy coins seem to be targeted by, you know, the forces of evil slash government slash SEC and targeting exchanges. And I think they put political pressure on these exchanges in the form of lawsuits to delist some of these coins. And uh, 
go figure. But anyways, Bitcoin dominance is maintaining at 51% even. The Ether dominance is 17.2%, so virtually the same as yesterday. Not much movement there. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past 24 hours, we do have Dimension up 54% on the day. Uh, Monero bounced back today 14%, as we mentioned earlier. Now has a market cap just shy of $2.4 billion. We also have Cospa, Jupiter, Conflux, Wu, and Celestia. Which altcoins in particular, family, are you most bullish on for this Bull run 2024-2025. Let me know in, in the comments and later I'll read those out loud. And checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective on the day. We do have, you know, quite a few respectable in the green with massive gains, including DYM, 54%, Cause 14%, Monero, 15%, and Jupiter, 13.5%. And checking out the crypto greed and fear index. Let's see if I close this out for some reason. Uh, but yeah, we're currently rated a uh, 62 in greed. Yesterday, 64. Last week, a 60. Last month, a 71 in greed. And checking out the Bitcoin halving clock. We only have 70 more days until the biggest event in crypto history, at least for the past previous four years, and potentially the biggest of all time. We don't know until it occurs. But again, two months out. 10 days, that's right around the corner. The estimated 2024 halving date is set to be April 17th, literally 70 days from today. So if you're pretty pumped about that, let me know. Good stuff, family. But anyways, let's dive into our astrology for men, aka technical analysis, and uh, check out some of the charts where the price action is likely to take us next. Bitcoin's million dollar price tags are back as the US regional banking sector dices but another crisis. Almost a year to the day that multiple banks, including crypto-focused, Signature Bank collapsed. Its buyer is down 60% year to date. That's right, deja vu, one year ago. Bitcoin started on a tear. It started out the year of 2023 at like 18,000. And within a few months, due to the regional banking crisis and people losing hope that their funds are safe at the bank and all the bank runs, it soared and Bitcoin had a fantastic uh, 2023 and what may end up being a peculiar dose of deja vu. Good choice of words. I was just thinking deja vu. Bitcoiners are witnessing what some say is in the early innings of a second U.S. banking crisis. So crypto fam, are you ready for round two? Holla at your boy. Coming close to the one-year anniversary of the initial turmoil, the New York Community Bank Corp has seen the value of its stock plummet 30%. In the past five days, definitely not a good look. I mean, look at this chart on the daily for the New York Community Bank Corp. Closing at $4.20. Hey, happy 420. On February 6th, which was yesterday, data from TradingView showed that the bank's performance is raising alarm. And the fact it was NYCB that acquired the failed crypto bank Signature, interesting, last year and not lost on the Bitcoin circles. NYCB Bank, to its valuation from 1997, Benjamin Cohen, CEO and founder of the Cryptoverse, noted in a reaction, investor protection at its finest. Preach. And quoting the Kabisi letter, breaking New York Community Bank stock, the bank that acquired the collapsed signature bank crashes yet another 25% today. The stock is now down a massive 61% in 2024 to its lowest level since June of 2000. And currently, roughly 40% of NYCB's assets are not under FDIC insurance. Ultimately means there is no insurance. Definitely not a good look. As it points out here in this chart, New York's community bank falls another 25% to its lowest level since 2000 and is now down over 60% this year in 2024. The real question is, did this regional banking crisis 
ever really end? Probably not. In roughly one month, the Fed's emergency loan program for regional banks will end. All while these banks hold 70% of outstanding CRE debt. Wow, so definitely not a good look. And in March of 2023, Bitcoin saw flash volatility as the regional banks began disintegrating in a domino effect, which eventually led to the Federal Reserve to step in with the bank term funding program. This has run for a year, but will not be renewed, something which Arthur Hayes, the former CEO of crypto derivatives giant BitMEX, believes will provide the backdrop to a repeat performance send it. At the time, the Bitcoin price action initially suffered amid the uncertainty before capitalizing on the situation. And as reported, Hayes sees a potential dip to 30000 this March, followed by a copycat rebound. Now, NYCB's losses combined with ratings agency Moody's cutting its status to junk has additionally led him to repeat a $1 million Bitcoin price forecast. As he shares here, from junk to bankrupt, that's the future. And then more money printer go... Yeah, anyways, Bitcoin plays a cool. Uh, continuing in the report, instability is not affecting the U.S. this month. China CSI 1000 index has lost $7 trillion since quarter four of last year, dropping 8% in a single day February 5th before rescue rumors saw it whipsaw higher. Bitcoin, still fresh from the flux created by the launch of the U.S. ETFs, has yet to demonstrate major price interest in these would-be macroeconomic triggers. Bitcoin now had remained in a clearly defined daily range for more than 150 days, as outlined right here on the Bitcoin one-day chart. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Do you think we can drop to the 30,000 level as Arthur Hayes is predicting for a massive run-up for round two of a deja vu regional banking crisis, repeating one which probably never ended to begin with and they just continue to, you know what I mean, kick the can down the road. Let me know your thoughts. Let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss the latest with BlackRock, being we're already talking about it here in the chat. Uh, the headline reads, BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF reaches top 0.2% of all the ETFs so far this year. And when they say all the ETFs, they're referring to all the ETFs. BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust ETF has made it into the top 0.16% of all the U.S. ETF products, uh, in the U.S., that is. The spot Bitcoin ETF top 3.19 billion in inflows, according to a February 5th data from senior Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Valchunas, surpassed only by broad index funds tracking the S&P 500 and Vanguard's total stock market ETF. And screw Vanguard, by the way. Vanguard is the second largest asset manager in the world next to BlackRock, and they're anti-Bitcoin, and they have nothing positive to say about Bitcoin, and they do not let their investors touch Bitcoin, hence why they don't have their own ETF, and they say they have no plans on starting their own ETF, but what is interesting about them is they're the largest shareholder of MicroStrategy. So you already know they have indirect exposure to Bitcoin, even though they preach the same stance as uh, Merrill Lynch and Bank of America. Bitcoin is an index for money laundering and all that FUD, which we know is not true. Uh, quoting Balchunez, got our first hodler reported for iBit. It is a Canadian asset manager called Redwood. Looks like it sold the local purpose Bitcoin ETF, which is 1% fee and bought the US-based iBit, which is free to the first 5 billion and 25 BPS thereafter. Great cost uh, migration hitting the crypto funds. He also pointed out also iBit now is top five in uh, YTD flows. I'm going to guess that stands for year to date, yes, which means it has taken in more cash than 99.98% of the ETFs. Not bad for 17 days old. 
that's in phenomenal. And according to data from Y Charts, BlackRock's ETF flow so far placed in the top 0.16% of the ETFs when weighed against the 3,109 ETFs currently trading in the United States. So there you have it. There's a total of 3,109 ETFs. And I bet you a lot of those are BlackRock's or BlackRock controlled some way, somehow, as they have their hands in everything family. Balchuna has arrived at a slightly different figure of 0.02%, which appears to measure BlackRock's ETF performance against an estimated 10,000 ETFs worldwide. So now you know there's roughly 10,000 ETFs around the world. Fidelity's Bitcoin fund is also a top performer with $2.5 billion, placing it eighth amongst the U.S.-based ETF products. Fidelity is one of the top asset managers in the world. I hear they control roughly four and a half trillion in assets under management, and they've been bullish on Bitcoin since back in uh, as far as 2014, and they don't hide that fact. In fact, their head of macro, Jurian Timmer, I've shared this prediction numerous times on the show throughout the years, is predicting a $1 billion uh, Bitcoin price prediction, I think, by the year 2038, which is another 14 years from now. Uh, let me know if you agree or disagree with that prediction. It's one of the most bullish predictions we've ever covered. The BlackRock and Fidelity Bitcoin ETFs continue to climb the list, having stood at 8th and 10th position at the end of January. It's worth noting that while the total flows of other U.S. ETFs are being counted from January 1st of 2024, the spot Bitcoin ETF products were only approved for trading January 11th. This means that the Bitcoin ETFs are at a seven trading day handicap when compared to all the other products. Now, BitMax research data shows a widening gap between BlackRock and Fidelity. Spot Bitcoin ETFs against the seven other spot Bitcoin ETFs and inflows. ARC 21 shares in Bitwise are third and fourth amongst spot Bitcoin ETFs with 683 mil and 663 mil in accumulated flows. According to a February 5th data, from BitMEX Research. And as I shared in yesterday's episode, just collectively between the two asset giant juggernauts, Fidelity and BlackRock, they now collectively hold roughly 138,000 Bitcoin and they achieved that in less than a month. Crazy, right? Imagine another year or two from now, how many millions of Bitcoin these asset managers will hold. Like, for real, for real. Invesco, Galaxy, and Valkyrie are the other Bitcoin ETF issuers that have recorded over 100 mil in total flow, while Wisdom Tree remains in last place with just a 11.1 uh, million. And at this time, net flows into all 10 spot Bitcoin ETFs stand at roughly 1.5 billion since the products first began trading uh, roughly a month ago. And as shared here, in terms of the race, BlackRock is well in the lead. BlackRock, 3,100, oh, I mean, I guess... Let me say these numbers right because M means million. So I guess that means billion. 3.194 billion. Uh, Fidelity is 2.5 billion. And ARC is 684 million. So there you have it, family. Do you think they're going to slow down anytime soon? Or do you think they're just going to continue accumulating like madmen? Personally, I think it's the latter. Meanwhile, Grayscale's converted spot Bitcoin ETF, the GBTC product, recorded its sixth successive day of shrinking outflows at 73 million February 6th. According to BitMEX Research and Bloomberg ETF analyst, Mr. Safehart, inflows from the other Bitcoin ETF issuers are now consistently outpacing outflows from Grayscale's GBTC for at least seven consecutive days, as he outlines here on X. The latest figure is down 88% from Grayscale's worst day of outflows January 22nd. We saw 640 mil exit the newly converted 
ETF. And quoting Plan B, creator of the Bitcoin Stock to Flow model, 90% of all the Bitcoin is in profit. This is the highest level since October 2021, all-time high. That's right. So this is a pretty big deal. So congratulations to all my Bitcoin hodlers. Though, we still got quite a ways to climb from 43,000 to reclaim 69,000 and re-enter price discovery mode. It's good to note that 90% of all Bitcoin hodlers are in profit. So congratulations to my diamond hands and all my long-term hodlers. Where you at? So there you have it, family. But anyways, let's dive into our next story of the day, shall we? We discussed the latest with BlackRock. Now let's discuss MicroStrategy. They just released their earnings report for the fourth quarter of 2023, and they announced another purchase. And they're now sitting on like 190,000 uh, Bitcoin, which is pretty awesome, as you can see here. Uh, MicroStrategy, the largest publicly traded holder of Bitcoin and the first to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet, says it acquired an additional 850 Bitcoin in January, bringing its total holdings to 190,000 Bitcoin, now worth north of $8.1 billion. That's pretty epic. In the fourth quarter of 2023's earning call, February 6th, the business software firm's chief financial officer, Andrew Kang, said it acquired 56,650 Bitcoin throughout 2023 at an average price of 33,580. Now, some of you back in that time, why would he buy at the top at 33,000? Well, guess what? It's now what, the following second month of 2024, and Bitcoin's at 43,000. So it looks like it worked out for the GigaChat, right? So don't be too short-sighted when it comes to Stack and Stats family. Some of you guys are so stuck on the current price action, you, you, you're not envisioning where we're going in the next couple of years and where the cycle peak is likely to take us. So in my opinion, buying at 43,000, 33,000, 20,000, 50, 60,000 is kind of all irrelevant. The major picture is stack and sats because when we're sitting at 250,000, you're gonna be like, whoa, it really didn't matter buying at 43 or 40 or 50. It's all gains at the end of the day, right? Now, overall, MicroStrategy posted a net income of 89.1 million compared with a loss of almost 250 million in 2022. Good Lord. The company's revenue decreased 6% to 124 million within the same time frame, according to their February 6th earnings statement. MicroStrategy's executive chairman, Michael Saylor, said its 2023 performance could be attributed to investors recognizing the broader theme of digital transformation of assets. Right? There's no second best, okay? But take all your money, buy Bitcoin, then take all your time, figure out how to borrow more money to buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> 2024 is the year of the birth of Bitcoin as an institutional grade asset class. In fact, it's the first new asset class of the modern era quoting Saylor, the next 15 years will be a regulated institutional high growth period for Bitcoin, very different from the last 15 years. In December of 2020, as I mentioned earlier, MicroStrategy became the first publicly traded company to purchase Bitcoin for capital allocation. And since then, the company's share price has grown by more than 300%, while tech stocks such as Microsoft and Google have grown around 90%. And I'm curious if any of you actually hold any MSTR stock. Let me know. Saylor added the arrival of the spot Bitcoin ETFs have been a catalytic 
moment. Taking Bitcoin from a medium of exchange to restore value, something he said weakens past criticisms of the asset for failing to function as a currency. Quoting him again, we don't need to address any of the currency criticisms anymore. Simply as a store of value, there's no reason Bitcoin can't continue to outperform and 100x from where it is right now. So he just recently said that again, reiterating one of the predictions I shared earlier, 100x, can someone run the math? 43,000 times 100 and put that in the live chat. Thank you. And while the crypto market pundits have shared concerns, the Bitcoin exchange traded product providers such as BlackRock and Fidelity would gnaw into MicroStrategy's market share. Sailors seem unconcerned by the encroachment by traditional finance firms. He said MicroStrategy would continue to create software and work alongside Bitcoin developers and Bitcoin-based layer two networks, along with other ecosystem participants to increase the firm's revenue in the coming years. Sailor closed out the earnings call by saying that MicroStrategy would continue to purchase more Bitcoin. What a G. And as pointed out here, Sailor owns 0.9% of the total Bitcoin supply. I've heard him say his goal for MicroStrategy is to own 5% of the Bitcoin supply, which means another million Bitcoin being hodled and purchased up. And also considering the fact roughly 6 million Bitcoin are most likely lost forever, he actually owns closer to 1.26% of the total Bitcoin supply. So there you have it. Anyways, let's dive into our next story of the day. We discussed MicroStrategy increasing their bags like they always do. Now let's discuss this story. I haven't had a chance to read it. I just saw the headline, want to include it, see what's going on in China right now as it's, uh, I think, the largest population on the planet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it should be China. It's probably like 2 billion people out there. What's the, the global population? I would speculate is maybe 8 billion, which means one-fourth of the populations in China. And I could be wrong because India may even have a higher population than China, but it's up there is my point. Uh, anyways, the headline reads, Beijing targets crypto mining operations and new energy conservation plans. So let's check this out. The city of Beijing, how many of you have been to Beijing? Let me know. I've been there many times. Has revealed a new set of policies aimed at enhancing energy conservation, tackling several activities which measures focus on the end. This document states that the city considers energy conservation a key area to strengthen the conservation of energy resources and a requirement for building an ecological civilization. Crypto mining is included amongst activities that will be policed specifically to promote carbon reduction, pollution reduction, and the expansion of green energy alongside construction, transportation industry, and information tech on the actions that will be taken regarding the crypto mining activities. Beijing states it will continue to do a good job in rectifying virtual currency mining activities, strengthening and monitoring analysis and classified rectification of mining activities and resolutely resolutely clean up the city's virtual currency activities. Now, these actions are supported by the national policy that imposed the blanket ban on crypto mining and trading back in 2021, when the People's Bank of China instructed all of China's banks to forbid crypto-related activities immediately. Nonetheless, even with this ban, recent reports reveal that Bitcoin mining is still happening in China, with Chinese miners providing 21% of the global network hash rate behind the U.S., which leads with 38%. So isn't that interesting? Even though they banned it in their country not too long ago, they now have 21% of the hash rate. That's very interesting. Beijing's plan also contemplates inspections and energy consuming units in the city to supervise the usage of phased out equipment due to the energy requirements. These inspections can lead to punishment for the illegal use of energy as the city's government will take action to force industries and companies to rectify 
these issues. So it's good to see that China really is bullish on Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining as they control over 20% of the global hash rate in the Bitcoin network. And I don't think that's going to slow down. What are your thoughts, family? We're gonna now discuss that we finished discussing the China mining. Let's discuss this pre-having rally, which could be right around the corner any day now. I think maybe it's starting right now. We're 43.5, man, let's go. Yeah, headline reads, Bitcoin may be a few days away from igniting a pre-having rally. Here's an outlook from uh, analyst Rec Capital. He shared on X that Bitcoin is about to re-enter its pre-having rally phase based on historical data. According to the analysts, historical data suggested the Bitcoin price action tends to go through five stages. Uh, I guess, yeah, based on its halving, an event when its issuance of the new Bitcoin miners is cut in half, with the next halving slated for April 18th-ish. Rec Capital believes the Bitcoin is now transitioning from its pre-halving retrace to its pre-halving rally, as he shares here alongside the chart. If history is any indication, then Bitcoin should begin its pre-halving rally as soon as next week. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that. And maybe we're seeing it right now. Looking at that chart, he seems to suggest Bitcoin will witness one more round of reaccumulation after the pre-halving rally before entering a parabolic uptrend that can send Bitcoin rallying well above 90,000. Well, I'll tell you this. By the time Bitcoin is 90,000, we will have our 100K fiesta in Puerto Rico scheduled to celebrate. Because you know, we can go from 90,000 to 100,000 in a matter of 24 hours, especially when we're ripping family in a price discovery mode. Now, for now, Rec Capital thinks the Bitcoin is in a good position to break above its immediate resistance at around 43.8 after touching the level multiple times over the past couple of months. As he shares here, rejected from the range high, which you can see in the red here in the chart, last week, forming an upside wick and a new lower high. However, despite last week's range high rejection, Bitcoin is attempting to revisit the range high this week. If this strength persists, one could think the range high resistance is weakening. Let me know if you agree. The analyst also knows the Bitcoin appears to be gathering the bullish momentum after the Bitcoin RSI, relative strength index indicator, broke above its diagonal resistance to invalidate a potential bearish divergence signal on the weekly chart. A bearish divergence typically appears when the RSI momentum indicator entered a downtrend while the asset's price keeps going up. The signal suggests that a bearish reversal is in sight amid waning bullish momentum. Quoting Rect, the new capital close-in is in the Bitcoin RSI, which has successfully broken its downtrend, which you can see in the red, suggesting the bearish divergence has been invalidated. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Are we going to see this pre-having rally potentially within the next five days? Holla at your boy. And can you see us pumping to 95,000 here in the short term? Let me know your honest thoughts. But anyways, family, let's dive into our featured story of the day. Anthony Scaramucci predicts 170,000 per Bitcoin post-having here in the short term and 400,000 as well, bullish scenario. So I wanna break this down for you as we continue our pump as we're now trading above 43,500, 44,000 incoming, send it. Let's get it. And welcome everyone just joining the stream. Pump the likes to pump the stream. We appreciate that. Hedge fund veteran Anthony Scaramucci says Bitcoin will skyrocket to 170,000 after the halving. I'm going to be explaining why. But first, I want to read something which I transcribed from an interview in which he shared, which I shared here on X. So he asked the question, what does Bitcoin look like at a billion users? And here's what he had to say. I'm going to be very simplistic. A Bitcoin users is roughly 8x more than we are right now. Bitcoin, I actually think we're undervalued and technically oversold here. So I would have thought the Bitcoin would be where we are in terms of users at 50,000. So the intrinsic fair value to me would be about 400,000 per Bitcoin. I'll add a billion users because again, you have fixed supply and you've got less than 21 million coins out there. You and I both know that the mining finishes in the year 
2140, but you've also lost coins, which they say could be 6 million family. In the process of adoption, we probably got two to 3 million coins that have been misplaced. They can be in a landfill. They can be on an old Blackberry or somebody's laptop like Alex Jones, back from 2010, and as a result of which you probably have about 18 million coins in the universe. These are 48 million millionaires, or there are, on planet Earth, according to JP Morgan. Well, there's only 18 million Bitcoins in existence. You don't even have enough Bitcoin for every millionaire on the planet Earth to earn one coin or to own one coin. So you can't tell me that the scarcity properties of this are not going to drive the price is higher. And he makes a great point there. Not even half the millionaires currently on the planet can become a whole coiner. And we start to factoring in all the lost Bitcoin, which are lost and gone forever. There's very uh, minimal amount of Bitcoin to go around. And now you have game theory in effect where everyone's looking to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. And we're seeing that play out in real time with the Bitcoin ETFs, such as uh, BlackRock, Fidelity, etc. So yeah, Scaramucci believes that Bitcoin could witness a conservative rally of over 300% in the coming months. Keyword, conservative. In an interview with uh, Scott Melker, the hedge fund veteran, says that it would not be out of the ordinary for Bitcoin to skyrocket to 170000 per coin after its upcoming halving in April roughly 70 days out, when the minor rewards get cut in half yet again. And according to the Mooch, data shows the Bitcoin tends to print a cycle top that's 4x higher than the halving price. So, quoting him here, you mentioned my 170,000 prediction. That's a data-dependent prediction. Go back and look at Bitcoin's halving cycles. That day that Bitcoin has, multiply it by 4, 18 months later, and it's been uncanny. That's been the price. A Bitcoin. I'm using a $35,000 number at the halving, and that's conservative. Let's say we're at 50000 in April. Very probable, by the way. Then it's a 200000 handle. And let's say we're at 60000 by the time of the halving. Then it'll be 240000 The Mooch also predicts that in the long term, Bitcoin's price will hover close to a half a million dollars. $500,000 Bitcoin. Send it, as he shares here. My long-term price target is that Bitcoin gets to easily half of the market cap of gold. Gold is now at $14.5 trillion. If Bitcoin goes to $7 or $8 trillion, that's a 10x from here. It's a $400,000 Bitcoin. And I think it would be ridiculous for people not to understand the asset, not to understand the dynamics of it as a store of value, and to not have a position. And to watch the actual interview he did with Scott Melker on his podcast, check the show notes below the video in the description. And let me know your thoughts. Do you agree with Scaramucci that on a conservative bull run for this rally, we can easily tap 170,000? And if we were to hit potentially price discovery levels of 69,000 or 60,000 range, we can climb and do another 10x from here, which would be 400,000 plus per coin. I personally feel, and I've shared my personal thoughts on where I feel the Bitcoin price will likely land for the cycle peak. I think it's most likely on a bearish scenario going to be 222,000. Bullish scenario, I can see 500,000. So right in alignment with what Scaramucci has to share with his bullish thesis, which would be $400,000 per coin. Also, typically every halving, which only occurs every four years, we tend to add a zero to the end of the price action. And if we were to add a zero to the end of today's price action, then we're discussing a $430,000 Bitcoin price. If we were to hypothetically add a zero to the height of the previous cycle, which was uh, November 10th of 2021 when we smashed 69,000, then you're discussing a 
$690,000 Bitcoin price. Anything is possible, unprecedented times, something major and different from the previous cycle is the institutional FOMO. Clearly we didn't have ETFs until January of this year. So that didn't exist previous cycle. Who knows how many Bitcoin will BlackRock Fidelity and these asset management juggernauts have in their possession by the time of the halving. For Christ's sake, they already have roughly 140,000 Bitcoin within their very first month, just those two asset management giants collectively. So that's pretty big. They could potentially have millions by then. Who knows? Anything is possible. And then when you start the factoring nation state adoption for 2024, 2025, we know more countries are going to be adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. It's a coming because we know the work that uh, Jan3 founder Samson Mao has been doing, speaking with governments and uh, political leaders, as well as presidents around the world, including the president of Colombia. That has a pretty massive population, uh, you know, discussing who knows Javier Malay could potentially make a Bitcoin a legal tender. I'm not so hopeful, but he's already made some changes for adoption of cryptocurrency in his country to recognize it and for it to be used. And then, you know, Suriname already announced they're looking forward to putting 1% of their um, central bank reserves into Bitcoin. That's a small country just north of Brazil in South America. We also have talk of potentially Mexico. I know uh, the senator over there, uh, what's her name? Uh Tempa, Kempis, Indera Kempis. Correct me, I'm probably saying her name wrong, but Indera Kempis, there we go. Um, she's been discussing this as well with Samson Mao and some others. Then we have places like, uh, besides Colombia and Mexico, Panama, potentially Costa Rica. There's a lot of countries and we didn't even get into the African countries. We didn't even discuss the Middle Eastern countries. Um, there's now ETF game theory playing out where we have Hong Kong, their first applicant, was submitted their application for the Bitcoin spot ETF. We also are going to have a Bitcoin spot ETF in El Salvador, which Max has talked about a few times in some tweets, which will be different from all the rest with Bitcoin in and Bitcoin out. And we're not even factoring in the sovereign wealth fund adoption. Uh, Qatar is sitting on a half a trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund, and there's rumors they could be looking to convert some of that or all of that into the king crypto. So there's just so many catalysts that we didn't have in the previous cycles to make me believe that it is very realistic to smash some of these targets that we're talking about each and every day on the podcast. But let me know your thoughts in the comments, in the chat. I appreciate it. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.